Hello, everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik-Jonko, and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Today's guest is Khalid El-Majri, a regional director of Texas Family Fitness on the topic of member experience. Over the last 20 years, Khalid has worked at a wide range of clubs from HBLP to high-end and has seen the good and the bad when it comes to serving customers. This is a great conversation for those looking to learn about what today's consumers expect, how to deliver a great member experience, and more. Enjoy. (laughs) Hi, Colin. It's so good to see you. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me back. How's how's everything going? Everything is good. It's cooling down in Texas. So uh, the the Californian boy in me is happy the weather is starting to cool down. Yes. Yes. It's really nice here. It's in the 60s today, and I felt like I just like come alive in this weather. <laughs> I wish it was like this year round. I, I probably should move to California. <laughs> Me too. It's it's like 65 in the morning, so it's still hot. It gets up to like 88, but I can tolerate it because it's 65 when I leave my house in the morning. So yeah. uh, it's it's cooling down. It's supposed to be like an 81 degree weekend, which is awesome. So I'm excited. Yes, yes, it's awesome. So, all right. Well, um, I want to start off by getting a little bit of background on you. So tell us how long you've been in the fitness industry and how long you've been with Texas Family Fitness as well. Yeah. So industry, 20 years. It'll be 20 years this November. So I started at the front desk working nights at a club back in California uh, while while I was in college and then worked my way up to, uh, I wanted to be a physical therapist. So went to school to get my math, I actually have my master's in rehabilitation. So was a front desk, personal trainer, uh, sales came really easy to me. So I uh, got promoted to fitness manager within a year. Uh, wasn't the best manager. Uh, it goes <laughs> back to uh, five levels of leadership. Level one, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna do what I ask you to do because I'm your manager. Uh, that was how I managed because I didn't know anything about management and. Uh, had an amazing mentor, taught me everything about servant leadership, moved my way up to uh, bigger clubs, regional roles, bounced around from 24 to Golds to Bay Club to uh, Lifetime. Something unique is I've worked at the high volume, low price clubs, and I've worked at the high end clubs and and the, the hospitality part of the high end clubs. So uh, I've got over those 20 years, amazing experience on both ends. I've been with TFF now, be two years in November. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I love that you've had all those varied experiences because it'll be useful for our uh, main topic of discussion today, which is member experience. Yes. 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 I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in your opinion, what does great customer service look like today? What do you think members expect? I think, you know, you know, we talked about it on our panel and I think I, I and I really stick to this. I think you got to look at it now from two points of view, right? It's how do I create this frictionless or effortless experience when it comes to updating billing, updating a credit card, having to update something, dealing with my gym membership. And then you got to look at experience from the other side. What happens once the member joins, right? Because that's for, uh, you know, it's, I feel like that's for us, that's when the relationship starts is once they join, and what's that experience look like? And so, you know, I kind of like to put that in these four realms. And one is what's, you know, education, right? On From an educational level, what's the experience the member's getting? From an escape level, um, they come to your gym for an hour to escape whatever it is they're dealing with in the real world. And so how can we create that escape type atmosphere for us? We don't allow news on the TVs. 
I think that's one way you escape uh, with so much news and negative media going on in the world. So, you know, we, we definitely create that escape atmosphere. Um, aesthetically, what does the club look like, smell like, feel like? And then the last one is the entertainment, the activities, the member appreciation. So I think those four encompass what we look at from the back end once a member joins. And then how do you create that effortless experience once a member becomes a member when they have to deal with updating addresses, billing, all that information? Yeah. Yeah. I really like those four as a good framework through which to view member experience. Well, it, it creates this this almost like target, right? Like, how do I how do I focus on each one? And so, cr- to create that that you know that advocate, right? How do I create that gym advocate to where they are praising your gospel, they are telling their friends, their members, their other you know their family members, my coworkers, go sign up because of the that experience. So, if you frame it in those little four buckets, it allows you to focus on each one individually and then create an experience with each one. Yeah. Well, you've talked about how important it is for um, members to, you know, get those touch points from the club early on in their onboarding. And I believe you guys do something unique in that your GMs actually call the member, right? Right. Correct. So we have this, uh, we call it this first 30 day new new member welcome onboarding. So when a member joins within a day or two, a thank you card goes out handwritten by the GM with four to five VIP, you know, six day VIP passes that they could give to someone they know that, hey, I want to help my friend get in shape or a family member get in shape. Three days later, the GM calls them to just take, how's the first three days going? Uh, Anything, anything, you know, need help with any questions? 10 days later, our fitness manager calls to see how the workouts are going. And then 30 days later, we do our our 30 day follow up. Now that they're in the, they've been with, with us for 30 days, they've experienced the gym. Hopefully they've had what we call a game plan session with, with our fit pros. We just want to see how that first 30 days has gone. And if they haven't seen results or they're not on there, you know, they're not seeing the changes. Hey, let's, let's talk personal training. So yeah, it's a, it's a thank you card. And then a 310 30 day follow-up sequence. Yeah. I think that's really great. Cause I think some members can feel very lost in a, a, a bigger club. Um, you know, we could just walk in and, and, you know, never be seen or talked to or never see results. And so I do think that those personalized touches are, are extremely important to the customer experience. I think so, especially, you know, in our model, this HVLP, we call it HVLP HS, the high service. Yeah. Um, I think that key right there becomes how do I make a member that doesn't feel seen, seen, in the club. And I think it, you know, from the highs and buys, the first names at the front desk to, you know, it, the easiest thing in a club is what go in, hit, start on a treadmill and go, mm-hmm. but you've got this other like 85% of the gym that they never touch. They never feel comfortable going out there. I think that's what, for us, that's where the three ten thirty follow-up sequence has a huge impact on retention and getting them involved with one with uh, our one-on-one fitness programs. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, what else do you guys do? Any other examples of ways that you ensure a positive member experience? Uh, you know, it, it's it comes down to understanding. You know, we know the members are looking for three things, right? Is the gym is the gym clean, clean cleanliness, right? We're done with COVID. You know that that heightened everyone's awareness of cleanliness. So for us, and you know, is the gym clean? 
Um, and clean is not just like is the equipment clean? Is is the are the bathrooms clean? Are the are the the stalls clean? Are the mirrors clean? You know, are weights picked up? Are are things restocked? Right? Are the wipes restocked? Paper towels restocked? The other one is friendliness. How friendly is our staff? So when he, when we onboard our new CSRs, our customer service reps, they go through an onboarding on how to how to even just the verbiage, right? Uh, you call it you call it like engineering the experience, right? How can I teach our CSRs how to engineer the experience? Well, it goes back to we work with them on certain vocabulary and certain words to use, and what do we call bad words, and what are words to use that a member doesn't feel triggered because you you know you tried to help them, but in the way you you attempted to help them, it got them upset. So a lot of it goes back to our core values: tenacity, passion and excellence and making sure that when we're onboarding our CSRs, how do those three core values fit into their role? And what are we expect? And what is, what do those core values look like when it comes to friendliness? And the last one is, does the equipment work, right? Is it functional? Are we getting it fixed right away? I think you focus on those three things. You have, you have happy members all day. Yeah. Yeah. I love all those. And I think, you know, it kind of goes back to going to the basics. And I think some people feel like those are simple things that everyone should know, but they are hard to be consistent on, especially when you have a larger facility or multiple facilities, right? They are. I mean, when you've got a club, like one of our newer clubs, that's doing 2000 workouts a day, uh, it's hard to, it, it becomes, you get lost in the business business of the club, but you, you know, I've always felt like you, you, if I'm, if they're coming in to escape re, whatever their reality is, right. And I don't know what's going on in their reality, but if I can come in and, and you're having a bad day and you come into the gym and I smile at you from the minute you walk in and Hey, Rachel, how you doing? How's your day going? It's great to see you again. Your mood completely changes. Yeah. And, and I think that's the impact, right? You talk about the impact. That's the impact we have on our members and on that. And then ima you imagine that customer, you, how did you feel when you saw me smile, wave at you, say hello, you completely forgot about all the craziness that was going on out there. And just by saying hi, smiling and saying, welcome in and saying your first name, your mood completely changed. Yeah. Well, we've talked about it's one of the great advantages of a health club business is that you can really make customers feel seen and um, cared for. Whereas if you go into a Target, you might have employees um, kind of avoiding eye contact. Um, so that, whereas at a gym, you know, you want those, that engagement. For sure. Part of it is all trained, right? It's, it really goes back to, you know, that front desk, man, that, that is the heart of a club. And I think for us, for any club, really, it's, it's how much are you pouring into your CSRs? How much are you pouring into their front desk. And there's a lot of training and development, right? Shaking hands, making eye contact, remembering people's first names, um, trying to, when I talked about like engineering experience, it's almost like trying to predict what's gonna happen next, right? So for example, I come in, I update your credit card, it expired. My next, my next thought should be, it was, could there be a balance on your account? Let me go look. You'd be surprised how many times that gets forgotten and then the member gets upset. So now you triggered that you created friction yeah. because you didn't take that. You didn't try to anticipate what might be the next thing I need to look at. Now the member has to come back a second time and now they've, they've been hit with a, a, a service fee or a, 
over to charge. And that could have been all, all taken care of if at the CF, we, if we're teaching our front desk line, front line, how to predict and how to engineer what's going to happen next, where I said, hey, I update it. It looks like there's a pass due. Let's go ahead and take care of that. I took all, all that done at one time. I created a better experience because now you're not coming back a second and third time and creating more friction. Yeah. So how do you actually um, train or empower your frontline staff in particular to be able to make those decisions and kind of think proactively, especially maybe among younger staff, but that maybe this is their first job? Yeah. So so when we our CSRs go through what we call like a CSR academy, uh, you know, they come in every probably every like 60 days. We bring in all our new CSRs and we go through our onboarding at the front desk and really like how to anticipate things. So if I'm asking, if I'm coming in and canceling a membership, what's the next question I should be asking? Is there somebody else on the account and are they canceling as well? You'd be surprised just by asking that one little question. It saves a nightmare of customer service issues because if I just cancel you and I didn't cancel the other person, guess what? You're still getting charged for that other person. So it's teaching. I think that's our experience, right? 20 years of doing this. Here's some of the things I've learned and what to ask for and then creating that SOP, right? Education and training. Education on what does excellence look like at the front desk? And here's the training that to live to deliver that excellence at the front desk. So they're getting both education and training from us. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, any other ways that you strive to wow members or create sticky experiences where they don't want to leave? Well, I, I think it comes back to those four frameworks we spoke about earlier. You know, you talk entertainment and how do you, you know, from member appreciation parties to to birthday acknowledgements to, um, you know, when they hit a peak, a milestone in their way, do we celebrate that? Um, you talk about just the, the education piece. You know, a lot of members don't know what they don't know. And they don't know maybe the importance of strength training. And so because you're doing these educational seminars, that creates a sticky, a sticky member, right? Because like, you know what? I'm paying for us $14.99, but I'm getting all this other stuff that's part of this club that I wouldn't get at maybe a $150 a month club. I'm going to stick with this gym. And we know the more I can keep a member loyal, they buy more, they, they buy more things as well. And then they're advocate, right? They go tell their friends, their family, and that, that, and especially for us, when we're a community-based health club, we want them to purchase, purchase more things and then go tell their friends in the community because, you know, family's in our name. So when we're, when we're delivering that experience, not only are we signing the mom, the dad, the son and daughter, but then you got generational members, right? Cause now the daughter and her son eventually become adults. They have kids, their kids join the gym. And now you have this generational member, as long as the experience is at a caliber where they're like, you know what, I want to stay here. Obviously people move and, and move out of state or out of town, but you could create generational members because of the way our model is set up. Yeah. I love that generational members. <laughs> I just it literally just came to my head on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, well, you know, since you have worked at a lot of um, facilities and a wide range of facilities, are there any common pain points that you see in delivering the customer experience or things that gyms commonly get wrong that could hurt the member experience? Yeah, I think, I mean, across a lot of the clubs is you've got to, I think it goes back to, finding the right talent and finding the right 
team members, right? Because I can teach you all the training, all the SOPs, all the processes, but if you genuinely are not a positive person and, and are not a people's person, but I hire you to work the front desk, sometimes where I made the biggest mistakes, I just got the hire wrong. Like I hired the wrong person. I put them in the wrong seat on the bus. And because of that, it created an issue, right? Or you put somebody who's not a morning person to open the gym and that member base isn't, you know, they want someone who's cheery, bubbly, welcome in, good morning. And you get somebody who's not a morning person, you, you're going to get, a, you're going to get customer issues. Right. And so I think it goes back to the recruiting and, and the onboarding and the, and that specific role, what do our core values, what does excellence for us look like? So excellence for us is we demand all things done well and to completion, right? That's our mission. That's one of our core values. As a CSR, what does that look like? So when we say we demand all things done well to completion, what does that look like at the front desk? Well, it's saying hi to everybody that walks in. It's smiling, you know, waving hi as they come in, waving bye as they leave, saying their first name, right? Having a smile, being friendly, and then obviously being able to anticipate what's going to happen next. I think for us, you hire right, you onboard and develop right. I think that right there, I think those are the biggest, across all the clubs I've worked at, that's the biggest piece. And then the hospitality piece, you know, I learned at Bay Club in, in San Francisco was being able to understand what the what the needs of the member is before almost like knowing what they need knowing what they want before they know what they want right and so yeah. you know when it's it's a member comes in and they have their favorite treadmill it's like hey by the way that treadmill like it's open you better go get it before somebody else takes it right or they like their towels to feel a certain way and it's like hey you know and you know they come in they're we're creatures of habit right so i'm going to come in the same day same time every day and maybe you set a softer towel, like, hey, I know you're, you like your towel soft. Here's a soft towel. I set it aside for you. You, you like, you tell me if I do that and you walk in, you're like, man, they even remember what my towels feel like, right? <laughs> and then obviously, like, my kids, my kid's birthday. It was your anniversary, yes, last weekend, right? What did you do? How was it? Where'd you go? I think that those those little details, I think, as competition and more clubs come into the area I think it's going to be those little details that set you apart from everybody else yeah for sure going back to what you were saying about the core values and the CSRs and like behaviors I think that's really important because a lot of times companies have core values but they don't necessarily define what that looks like positionally and what behaviors um, you know are expected based around that so can you maybe talk a little bit more about why that's so important I think you know, core, your core values are, are kind of like the DNA of your business, right? And so most companies, you know, integrity, passion, so on, and so, they just put it on a wall and say, we got core values. And for me, you know, core values is what we coach, fire, develop, hire all, you know, we, we, we base our day-to-day -day activities around our core values. So, you know, I mentioned excellence, right? And, and what that means for us, tenacity, right? relentlessly pursuing our company goals and objectives so for us like our our csrs are part of they're tied into the production element of our clubs because what they they have a commission component to how they get paid for us so what does that look like when the club needs to hit its targets what does that look like from the front desk and then passion right we educate and persuade with sincerity and conviction right you got to be passionate to work in the gym you're dealing with people every single day and, yeah. you know, their moods, their energies. And if you're not passionate and the passion for us is you got to love to want to work with people. You got to love to want to work in the gym and you got to love to be able to be able to persuade 
because let's face it, man, members don't like to work out. Nobody likes to work out. But if I can persuade you and educate you on the importance of it, why take this supplement? Are we teach those are the three for us. Those are the three core values that we coach, develop our, our entire staff on tied into our mission statement, um, which is for us, you know, it, we want the, the an affordable first class fitness experience is what we're looking for. And so we tie our core values back to our mission statement. Yeah, makes sense. It, it's, um, it's it, it it gives your club yeah your club has to have some sort of DNA right and for our DNA we have our you know we we you know why we exist we have our core values we have our DNA for us it's we want to be the best at team and member experience team member and member experience we want to be the best at one on one fitness and we want to out hustle everybody <laughs> and so that's our DNA that is Texas Family Fitness's DNA. And so that DNA tied, those core values tied to that DNA. Well, if I'm going to hire you, I'm going to hire you with the expectation that you're, you have similar core values, or at least I'm going to coach you and hold you accountable to those core values and that DNA for this to work. Otherwise, all things being equal, the member is going to quit because of a service failure, right? They, they got a bad service or felt like the service wasn't right and either go pay less, all, you know, a cheaper gym or a more expensive gym because they got a better service. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to get it right at the cultural level and at the hiring level. It's important. And I think nowadays the, that culture piece, you know, I've worked at jobs where I was making less than the previous job, but because the culture was amazing and the culture aligned with my personal core values, I was, I was happy. Right. And I think nowadays you're starting to see a lot of new people you know, applying into getting into the job force, not about them, but they're, they'd rather work for somebody that's more of a cultural fit than a financial fit and rather work with somebody where their job is happy and the, the mission aligns with their mission, the culture aligns with their culture and make less money, be perfectly happy doing that versus six figures and miserable because nothing aligns with what they want to work. No one, members feel that and nobody wants to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um. Are, are, how, what are some ways that you gauge kind of the member experience? Are there any technologies you use or is it just kind of based off of feedback or surveys? We, we use two, right? We have, we use MXM, right? So for us, we have a, that survey goes out when a member joins, when a member cancels and within, I think it's about two weeks into their gym membership to give us some feedback on how we're doing, right? What are the, what are their concerns? Um, what's going well, what's not working and some of their, you know, some of their frustrations. And we use those as coaching tools. We celebrate the ones that need to be celebrated and in our monthly kickoff meetings. We celebrate, Hey, great job. You know, Jack got a huge compliment at the front desk. Um, so we leverage those to praise. And then we use the other ones as coaching opportunities with our GMs on how do we make the club better, whether it's cleanliness, whether it's machines that have been down, whether maybe a member's upset about their billing so that we can, again, predict it before it happens and coach up who we need to coach up on the right SOP. And then obviously on the, on the, and, and that's on the, you know, that frictionless effortless experience. I think MXM helps with, helps with that. We also have MyZone. So we use MyZone and a few in our club and a few on our, of our clubs to help with just the overall client experience, right? How do I make this yeah. fun? How do I gamify working out? And how do I how do I build a tribe and a community? We're we're tribal by nature, right? That's how those are our ancestors. And so how do I create 
that same tribal community feel through a my zone where now I'm we're competitive by nature and we're tribal and my zone allows me to do both and make sure that I'm staying on pace to get to my results. So those are the two, those are the two kind of technologies we use to help gauge and manage our client member experience. Yeah. Yeah. I love the my zone example because I do feel like members are wanting that feedback as to like, you know, how hard am I working um, and that community aspect, like you said, is key too. Well, and it's real time, right? So if I know you came in today and you had a stressful day at work and your my zone, your heart rate's through the roof and you haven't even started working out yet, that tells me as a trainer, as a fitness professional, I need to reassess what the workout was to match your state of readiness. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to I'm gonna pour into you. We're going to go through a hard workout. And I may crush you. And now you're done for the next two, three days. Because I wasn't aware of where you were. My zone allows you to do that. Not and then obviously at the end, we all we we want our MEPs. We want to know how many calories we burn, and we want to share that on social media. And then obviously the contests and competitions you can create that that covers you know for us that member experience piece. I think that's huge, and I think our members love it. Um, I'd love to. See, and I know we're working on getting it, getting more of them in our clubs. Um, but I think that's been a huge. And then the MXM piece. I think those for us are, are huge. And then there's little things within social media, um, Facebook pages, Instagrams. We just started a TikTok page. Um, so that's definitely going to be, that's an interesting <laughs> one right now. So, uh, but I think you're, you're, you're meeting the member or the potential member where they're at and then building that relationship to draw them into the club. And then I think it was Blair that he was at the, at our retreat, what that other 60%, I think that, that, that presentation was definitely eye-opening, right? Because you don't realize the intimidation factor of starting a workout, weight training, starting a, um, a nutrition program. I mean, that's a big that's a big commitment for some people. So we're starting to look at recovery and hydro and a lot of the IVs and starting to build, not that we're going to have them in our clubs, but can I start building relationships with a recovery center where now we can cross-promote or you know, when their members are ready and looking for a gym, they come to us. And when our members need a little bit more recovery outside of what we offer, we can send it to them. Yeah. Yeah. For those um, listening who weren't at the retreat, Blair had done a presentation on the other 60%, basically saying that there's um, more people in the U.S. who are engaging in kind of passive modalities, like cryotherapy or, well, maybe cryotherapy is not the best example, but hydro massage um, or even just walking or gardening. Um, and it's a good opportunity for us to maybe try to draw them into higher level activities, right? Yep. And, and it goes back to, you know, you draw them in, you attract, and I think we, we try to persuade them to come to the gym side or the higher level activities, knowing that as they get stronger, as they get more mobile, as their body gets, gets more lean tissue or lean muscle, it's going to complement what they like to do outside the gym. Yeah, exactly. I've always said that, right? Members, you don't come into the gym to work out for the sake of working out. You come into the gym to work out so that you can do, get, do better at what it is you do outside of the gym. And maybe it's playing with your kids, gardening, going walking, going hiking. Well, if I can put more muscle on you, get you the better endurance, that's going to that's gonna make everything you do outside the gym that much better. We just know it's intimidating as heck to walk through those doors knowing you're going you're to walk into a health club where everyone's going to look at you and maybe judge you, maybe not judge you, but the biggest thing is you're going to judge yourself 
especially if you've done this a few times and haven't gotten results, your brain has a funny way of bringing all that up and it can get really intimidating. And so for us, we want to figure out, we want to be able to meet our members where they're at, whether they're a member or a potential member and draw them into the club. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, before I move on to some personal questions, <laughs> is there anything else that you'd like to share on the member experience? Maybe just like one final takeaway that you think is important for operators to think about. I, I think the biggest one is, and I think we all do this, right? We pick companies, right? The companies you like to shop at, the companies you like to go to, you pick them because of their product and service, right? But we also leave companies because of a service failure. And that, and that, that I mentioned that earlier, but it's a point that I want to make because look at, have you ever left a company that you signed up for because of their product or service and you loved it because, but at some point you had a failure in the service and you left the company. Yes. Like, many times, <laughs> many times. Right. And so with, with so many gyms opening up and boutiques and, and studios, you got to remember that they're going to come to you because you're different, but they're going to, the minute something happens where there's a failure in the service, they'll rather pay more to get a better service. Yeah, for sure. Very good point. Um, awesome. So on to, yeah, a couple of questions uh, about you. Questions. <laughs> well, I'm just curious um, if you have a favorite leadership book or podcast or something like that, that you'd recommend to the audience and if what, whatever it is, why you like it so much. So, so I'm big on leadership. Like if you get to know me, leadership is my, is that's my wheelhouse. So uh, big John Maxwell fan um, developing the leader. So when I hire a new manager, uh, they got to read two, three books, developing the leader within you, developing the leaders around you and crucial conversations. Uh, okay. So th those are my three like mandatory. You got to read them. We'll talk about them, but you got to read them. Uh, I love Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willicks um, and then the dichot Dichotomy of Leadership. Uh, those are from those kind of four or five have been game changers for me. Yeah. I'll have to um, revisit those John Maxwell books. I've read a couple of his, but yeah, I don't think I've read those. So awesome. Um, and then what's something that's made you smile recently? Ooh, that's a good, man, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think the big, so my, my partner, significant other just quit her job. And, uh, you know, for somebody like, why'd that make you smile? And I think uh, for me, she, it, I'm a big believer in going after what you want and, and working for hard for what you want. And she's always wanted to start her own bookkeeping business, but she's always been afraid to make that jump, right? It's that, that's that entrepreneur. I'm afraid to do it. So I'm going to stick to what's comfortable and working. And she finally made that jump. And as you, if you ever ask her and you get to know me, I'm all about man, getting going after what it is you're dreaming about going after what you want, no regrets. And she finally did that. And that put a, that, the fact that she's ch chasing her dreams and pursuing her ambitions, put a smile on my face. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, um, what's maybe the biggest challenge you've had to overcome personally? Uh, I think it, it's, it's thinking I'm ready for certain positions then, but then realizing that I'm not ready. And so understanding my reality. And I think as I look at my life over the last 20 years, right. Um, you know, you've applied for positions where mentally you're like, you know what, I can do this. I'm ready for it. But in reality, you were never ready for it. Right. And so it's like, there's always this gap between the truth and the, and mm -hmm. the reality and where you want to be. And that gap 
for me, you know, a lot of, I never realized how important that gap was. And that gap in the past, say, you know, I had my own business, went out of business, uh, filed for bankruptcy. And that was a huge eye opener for me, man. Cause that was like, the reality was I thought I was on this trajectory, but you know, God had a different direction. And so in that gap, man, I, in the last, I could say I've grown more in the last five years by identifying what that gap is personally for me and what do I need to work on that has led me into the trajectory where I am now, where, you know, here we are five years later as a regional director for Texas Family Fitness. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I didn't realize that you'd gone through that. Yeah. It's a, I had my own event. So similar to what you, what we, I had my own fitness business conference, br- brought in trainers, brought in speakers. Uh, so definitely I could, everything you all did that weekend I've done for the last <laughs> six years, seven years. So I'm like, I know exactly what y'all are going through. So, um, but unfortunately made some bad decisions, uh, got over my head and had to file for bankruptcy. And, and that, that was a, that was a hard reality and, uh, how to grow, how to develop, got really uh, focused on growing as a leader in the, in the, in the, in the big box, in the space I'm in now, dove into that, read those books. Here we are. Yeah. I love that though. Cause I think um, when you go through something so difficult as bankruptcy, it can be very easy to be like, I've fallen off the horse and I'm never going to get back up again. Um, so I, how did you kind of like stay, remain optimistic and find that passion again? Um, I think part of it was, uh, you know, a story leading up to that is my car actually, uh, the tra- I was driving home one day, the transmission to my car blew and my car uh, shut off. I kept having to turn it on and, and it finally stopped. And when it stopped, it stopped in a church parking lot. So that for me was like, I'm like, all right, like if there's <laughs> a message to be sent, there's the message, right? And then the bankruptcy happened. And then I'm like, like, all right, like I'm lost. I need some, you know, I needed some guidance. Right. So, you know, started going to, went to church, got involved with uh, the church group that we're with, that we go to, started reading the Bible and then got around, right. I got around the right people. So it was, Mm -hmm. you know, you got church and the right people and the right people for me, my entire circle changed. And I devoted myself back to, you know, I was a fitness director at that time. And I, but I was also trying to do my own business. And obviously you, you know, spinning entrepreneur plate and working in a corporate setting plate don't go hand in hand. So I decided to go in on the corporate side and really wanted to be the best at I can be in my role. Dove into that coaching groups, mentors, events, books, and and uh, started my own podcast along the way. Uh, and uh, so here we are. Like, I think a lot of it was just divine. And the other part was I, I had I had to change my circle because the circle I was with wasn't the right one. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to influence. 100%. What are the influences in your life? Uh, of course, and and we all know we hang around. You know, you're, you're you are you you're. What's I forget what that saying is. It's like you make you're like the five five people you surround yeah. yourself with. Something along those lines. I had to change who I surrounded myself with, and I wanted to, I wanted bigger things for myself, and so my aspiration, even now, is eventually get to a level where I'm at a CEO level, maybe overseeing a comp- running a company. Um, so I had to start for me, I wanted to surround myself with those type of people so I could start thinking how they think um, to get me on that right tra- tra- uh, the right path. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great story, Kyle. Thanks Thank for sharing you. it. Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you want to share that I didn't ask? No, you asked a lot. I mean, I think, uh, no, all great questions. I think, I think, you know, we talked about it on the, on the panel, uh, 
the days of the fancy equipment, the nice equipment, you look at the end of the day, a treadmill is a treadmill is a treadmill. And whether you're paying $150 a month for a treadmill or $14.99 for a treadmill, it's still a treadmill. And, and I think I, now as the competitive market changes, the way our members feel uh, and the experience we create for our members has to become top, top, uh, top awareness for any operator, general manager, CEO, owner. But then training our people, it's almost like that Disneyland experience. How do I create that Disneyland experience, right? Why, why spend $2,000 on a birthday in Disneyland when I can buy the cake for 15 bucks? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how do I create kind of that same level of experience in my club so that no matter what, even if a gym opens up across the street, because they feel special, right? It's that third place. It's the work, it's home, it's the gym. And because that your gym creates such an amazing experience, they'll never leave to go across the street. Yeah. And maybe their kids will join down the road going back to that gen- generational. Yeah. And then they get generational <laughs> members because their kids down the street or down the road will join as well. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you, Colin, for your time. It's been great. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. This was fun. (laughs) Awesome. And that wraps up this episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Thank you for listening. And if there are future topics you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes, please let me know at rachel at clubsolutionsmagazine.com.